Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sports fans, what a time to be alive. You've got the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, baseball's in full swing. Hell, even softball on the college level is going on right now. And, of course, football is year-round. And with sports, of course, you also have gambling. That's right, gambling like a bride and a groom, peanut butter and jelly, chocolate and peanut butter. Sports and gambling just goes together. And if you're going to gamble on sports, do it at Bet Online. That's right, Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sam Marcu, and he is not the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, because Christopher Cullen, the doctor himself, is on vacation. No, he's not away at a medical clinic or anything like that. He's actually on vacation with his son, the different Zach Thomas, who's, I think, in the national championship for rugby or some horseshit like that. Anyway, he couldn't be here. I had a kid four days ago, and I'm here, and I'm joined by a guy who actually started in Perfectville, uh, broke out on his own, and I don't know if anything ever happened to him, but we're happy to have him back. Of course, I'm talking about Travis Wingfield from the Drive Time Podcast. Travis, how in the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, man. It feels good to get back to the roots and get back in the saddle with you. I, I still remember the first podcast I recorded with you. We were previewing the 2016 week three Browns game, like great, right? Awesome game to go back to, but I'll never forget. I was in a hotel on business away somewhere, filling in for Chris once again. And here we are five years later, man. It's good to be back. Well, uh, the good news is we won that game because uh, the kicker for the Cleveland Browns (laughs) shanked a couple, then came to the Miami Dolphins, got everything, and then went to the Bears and shanked everything again and ultimately ended back with the Cleveland Browns. Of course, we're talking about Cody Parkey. I remember that like it was yesterday, my friend. And that was uh, the Adam Gase era. That's how long the Welcome to Perfectville team has been around. I remember the very first podcast that Chris and I did was actually the case for Adam Gase and why he was going to take us to the promised land. So for any uh, new listeners out there, new citizens of Perfectville, you're in good hands with Sam and Chris's analysis. Uh, And speaking of analysis, the sister podcast that Travis spun off from Welcome to Perfectville was called The Finalysis with not only Travis Wingfield, but your good buddy, my good buddy, Kevin Dern as well. So we're going to talk all about that in segment number two. But since I have Travis here in the flesh filling in for Christopher Cullen, I would be remiss, Travis, if we didn't talk about what you're doing currently and who you're doing it for. So for those, uh, the uninitiated out there, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Travis Wingfield is, he is the host, the producer, the guru of all things drive time with Travis Wingfield, the Miami Dolphins official podcast. Uh, How in the hell is that going for you there, sir? It's, it truly is like people talk about dream jobs and dreams come true and, you know, the American dream and all that fun stuff. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I go to work every day at Hard Rock Stadium. I see the field when I walk in, like I walk through the tunnel that players enter through. It's, 
it's ridiculous. Like I walk around the building and there's photos of, you know, Dan Marino on the wall or, you know, Rashad Jones or Cam Wake. I mean, just it's, it's so surreal every single day on top of the fact that you work with so many people that are so great at what they do and just so nice. Like you walk into the building and it's like, Hey, Travis, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's the best man. And then the job, the work itself, like sitting around learning about football and, and learning about this team and talking to players and interviews and, you know, getting coach Flores for the exclusive we had a couple weeks ago. It's just, it's, it's everything that I, I think I wanted to do when I was like 10 years old up until now. And it, it kind of, it worked out. And, you know, I always tell you this, you know, Sam, that it started off with Perfectville and um, I couldn't be more grateful for the, the platform that you provided me to get, to get myself into a situation like this. And yeah, I mean, you and you and Chris in those initial podcasts, that's where I really got into podcasts. Cause I was kind of like, partially Joe Rogan, which I'm a little bit maybe embarrassed to admit now with my first podcast, but then it was you guys. And so like, I was like, Oh, Dolphins podcast. All right. This is the medium. And here we go, man. So yeah, you guys were, were kind of the, uh, my introduction into podcasting. Well, we appreciate that. And as I've always told you, it was going to happen either way, whether you started with us or somebody else, I'm just lucky that it started with you because when I'm actually pitching other guests to be on the show, I name drop Travis and then all of a sudden people start <laughs> listening to me. So we're going to talk all about podcasting and all about what that's like to go to work because I think what you just described is what most people who are listening to this or most Miami Dolph fans who are in the know on Twitter, Reddit, everywhere else, uh, assume the dream job would be. We're going to talk all about that, but you mentioned the players, you mentioned the Miami Dolphins. I'm putting 15 minutes on the clock here, Travis, because we're going to start with why we're all here, why we're all connected, how we all became buddies in the first place. And that of course is the Miami Dolphins. I got a question for you here. Um, we're going to talk, you just you mentioned the players. And I was thinking about this because you've been doing a lot of publicity here. You obviously had a huge presence for the Miami Dolphins when it came to the draft. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. You talked about talking with Coach Flores a couple of weeks ago on your show. And I'm just curious because I think about you every now and then. And like you're, it's like you're walking down this hallway and there's, you know, people like Kimbo Camper, former Miami Dolphin <laughs> and now broadcaster. And you've got Dan Marino walking around the halls, you know, obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the greatest to ever do it. You've got, you know, coaches, you've got former players, you know, you get the general manager, you've got the executive VPs, and then you got Travis Wingfield. And after underneath you, it doesn't have Hall of Famer. It doesn't have former player. It just says podcaster. And you're the only one with that name tag. There's more Hall of Famers walking around the Miami Dolphins than official podcasters for the Miami Dolphins. So how bizarre is that to be a part of the Miami Dolphins franchise? And when they look at you and they see you for the first time and they look down and they see your, your name tag, so to speak, and they see that you're a podcaster. I mean, do you get funny looks or how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I guess the best way to, to describe the way that feels is going back to the draft party, like you mentioned. And, you know, they have us on the dais up there with the three main people was me, Channing Crowder and John Jemmy, And they were filtering, filtering in guests all night with uh, uh, Dwight Stevenson, Terry Kirby, you know, Nat Moore out there. Just every everyone who's anyone from the Miami Dolphins alumni is there doing this stuff. And and they're, you know, throwing to me for the first I'm the first one to analyze Jalen Waddle and like Kim Bocamper, like you mentioned, sitting there looking at me and Dwight Stevenson, like, what, who's this guy? Who's this 150 pound dude just sitting here talking about football? And I'm just like breaking it down like the back of my hand. And, you know, uh, the, the funny part about the draft party was um, I didn't have like any script memorized, just one line in our intro before the draft started, John Jemmy hosted and he threw it to me. And I had like some line about, and, check out the draft on your multiple screens and come back with us on YouTube. We're going to break it all down. And that was my only line I had that I had to memorize. And I was like panicking about it. I was like spending hours rehearsing this and talking to myself in the mirror, like get this line right. And then the football will be easy for you. And I go to say the line 
and my mic gives me feedback immediately right off the, right off the top. And so I like kind of pull it away from my mouth and just let it kind of play out. And the stage manager below the stage goes, put it closer to your mouth. And so I just like put it in there and then like picked it right back up. And I knew that the way I handled that, I was going to be good to go. And then once I started talking football, not to like pat my own back, but once I started talking football, those guys were like, all right, he, yeah, he belongs up here with us and, and doing this discussion and he knows this team. And that's all anybody wants to hear, you know, is, is someone that is passionate about the team, has knowledge of the game. And I, I think I bring both of those things, but it's uh, yeah, man, it's Dan Marino being around the building and, and all these guys. And then Travis Winkfield, it's, it's surreal. It's, it's strange. And I've got a million stories about running into players and coaches. We can go into that further, but um, it's, it's just surreal is the word I use, Sam. It's, it always goes back to that. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, Dwight Stevenson and of course, Dan Marino, everybody's hero there, but the one I'd be scared. Cause like all those guys with all due respect to the hall of famers, they're old, right? I mean, Danny can still probably sling it, but he's not chasing you down. So I would be afraid of like disagreeing with them. Even if somebody like Dwight Stevenson, who's a big man, but Channing Crowder can still probably get up off the stool <laughs> and chase it down. So are you ever like in, in disagreement with these guys when you're talking to them about football, whether it's about a player, whether it's about a play or a coaching decision, and you're just adamant that they're wrong and you're right, even though you've never played the game at that level. And they have, has that ever happened to you yet where you're just like no Channing Crowder you don't know what you're talking about I'm Travis fucking Wingfield <laughs> I know what I'm talking about and I'm putting my plant in the ground right here on this this is my stand have you had that happen with any of the players yet or anybody from uh, the NFL in general it's happened a little bit on the podcast just because like I'm like hey man my name's in the show so I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and get my opinions in here <laughs> I'm driving the car here but when, when in, uh, like again at the draft party or you know around the building if we're sitting around I'm usually just all ears because you mentioned Channing Crowder I've sat in the room with that guy for 30 minutes and heard three different stories in those 30 minutes. And they're always different from the previous 30 minute session we had. And they're all funnier than the last one and all as well told as the last one. So usually when I'm in those situations, you know, you mentioned Bo Camper, Joe Rose, by the way, what a gem of a human being Joe Rose is. That guy is not only funny and, and, and he has great insight. He just, he makes you feel like you're the only people in the room when he talks to you. So I just basically open up the ears and, and let those guys talk and, uh, just soak it all in because, you know, the reason I, I think I'm in this position, Sam, is because I do know where my shortcomings are. I do know where I have, you know, gaps in my in my game, so to speak. And that's what I work on. I work on those things. And like right now, for instance, as part of this of the calendar, I'm I'm learning more football. I'm going back and watching coaching clinics and YouTube stuff and and that type of thing. So I think that being that sponge, I think they really respect that. Yeah, right on. And uh, speaking of football, let's shift to the Miami Dolphins. In your opinion, you know, what's the thing about the Miami Dolphins? They went 10 and six last year and uh, they were the, at times, the youngest team in the league. And then the second youngest, depending on, you know, who they were bringing in or releasing that yeah. week. Um, I, I looked the other day and it kind of blew my mind because the only guy over 30 last year was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think went to high school with me. We're right around the same age. I might be a month older than him. He's gone. He's obviously with the Washington football team, uh, but they did bring in some veterans who were 31 years old, 33 years old, 32, things like that. So we do have more people that are 30 years old on the roster right now. And when I looked at it, it looked like the Miami Dolphins are now like the 12th youngest team, the 13th youngest team. So right middle of the pack. And again, from, from the youngest team to the oldest team, we're talking probably a matter of like an average of four to eight months. It's really not that big of a disparity, but it did kind of make me scratch my head a little bit. If this was, in your opinion, a strategic move by the Miami Dolphins to bring in veterans who know how to play playoff football, because the expectations for the Miami Dolphins, I think going into this year is that they're going to be a playoff team and they should be a playoff team. They were 10 and six. They were the last team to not make the playoffs last year. The last team eliminated during the regular season. And they were the youngest team at times. And now they're right in the middle of the pack. Is this a strategic move by 
the Miami Dolphins front office to get more veterans onto this team that have had playoff experience? Or was it simply just a matter of, hey, that guy looks like a good fit for us. We don't care what his age is. Let's bring him in because he's going to help us regardless. I mean, what are your thoughts? Is it something like that or, or was it something else? I think a little bit of, of both. And by the way, how does it annoy you as much as it annoys me that the fact that the last two times this team has won 10 games and it spans two decades, they didn't make the playoffs. Like they had the 11 win season, or no, they won 10 games in 2016, I guess, but 2020 and, tw- and 2003, they had 10 wins and didn't get in. And I'm, that just annoys the crap out of me. Like how does that happen twice in two decades? But um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's a function of where they are in the rebuild. And I, I keep referring to that Peter King article that, you know, had so many good nuggets and was so transparent from both Chris Greer and Brian Flores, which is something that we haven't always gotten from them as a pairing here. It's, you know, pretty, pretty standard uh, coaches speak when you get them in, in press conferences. And I think coaches done a great job of being a little more transparent this year and, and being a little bit more approachable in that regard from the media. And uh, he's had great things to say. And in that article, he mentioned, you know, this, this is the team, the, the core of the team is that 2020 draft, this year's draft, and 2019, what we did to bring those guys in. And so if we're going to win, it's basically the guys we have now. If we're not going to win, it doesn't work out. That's going to be the guys that made it not work out. And so I think that he looks at the moves now, not just with the eye towards the future. And he, he did mention this in that article as well, that Chris Greer sometimes has to kind of, you know, pull him out of coach's mode where it's like, I need a guy to help me today. I need a guy to practice today. Yeah, I need a third string will linebacker on the practice field. Otherwise, I can't run my practice where Chris Greer is like, you know, we got to focus more about developing and finding guys that are going to be here for next year, 2022 and 2023 and all that stuff. So I think we look at a guy like John Jenkins, for instance, that's like the safest guaranteed production you can get as players like him. A Jason McCoury, you know exactly what they are at this stage of their career. They've been around for this long because they get it. They know Again, how to practice, how to walk through, how to set expectations, and all these little details that Brian Flores is just so, so concerned over. And that's why this team executes in these crucial situations and wins these big games and goes out and, and beats teams like you know Arizona when they were hot and the Rams last year when they were the team that they were that went to the divisional round of the playoffs and had, a, you know I think, the best point differential this team has had since 2002. And I think that all those little details that he focuses on, he preaches them, he, he acts on them, and then they go out and they execute them. And I think that, again, like a, a Jenkins, a McCourty, um, DJ Fluker, for instance, all of these guys can set that example, and they all are injected into position groups where there's a little bit of youth in those spots, offensive line, for instance, defensive line, and then defensive backfield is more veteran. But it just, like you mentioned, it's it, it puts another voice in the room that can kind of reflect what the coaches are saying, provide an example on the field for what the coaches are saying, and then the young guys can see it kind of play out as those guys go through their, you know, their everyday routines of working out, meetings, uh, walkthroughs, practices, all that stuff. So I think that they just think they have a team right now that is ready to compete. Like you mentioned, the expectation I think is playoffs. And I think that's where those guys come in. Let's, let's fill these gaps and make sure that we're seven, eight deep at positions, because if we lose somebody, this is a war of attrition. We don't want to be in a position where we're hurting at a position. And I, I just look at this roster up and down and it's so deep. And those types of guys are kind of why they're so deep. Well, and it has to be right now too, right? Cause you still have COVID out there. So you could lose somebody at the drop of a hat for, you know, just really week to week, day to day. And then you also have an extra regular season game. So the season is that much longer too, where you are going to be getting into your second, third, possibly fourth string, you know, rotation of things. And now you mentioned Chris Greer is always having an eye on the future. And at times Brian Flores is looking in the here and the now. See, I like that insight from you because I have this theory that Chris Greer is just looking into guys who have J's into their names, because I think the Miami <laughs> Dolphins have more guys 
guys that either have their first name or their last name start with the letter J than any other team that's out there. That's the hardcore analysis I'm giving everybody right here with Travis Wingfield from the <laughs> Drive Time Podcast. Uh, now, you'd mentioned it, so I think I already know the answer here, and we're going on just about five minutes left here in the first segment. But what is the thing, the number one thing that the Miami Dolphins do best? And that could be from a coaching standpoint, player standpoint, um, you know, uh, talent, you know, acquisition standpoint. What is the one thing that the Miami Dolphins do absolutely best and up and down their entire organization? Man, uh, I, I think I'm going to go. When you first mentioned that, I wanted to say special teams. That's kind of boring because it goes back to the details I mentioned with Coach Flores and all the situations they practice and all that stuff. But I'm going to go with creating confusion for the offense and putting them in the bind on third down situations. How many times, Sam, have we seen this team over the last again, two decades where it's third and 12. And it just seems like it's third and two for the opposition. Like that's an easy conversion. No problem. We're going to have four seconds to drop back. We're going to have three guys wide open in the middle of the field. And we're going to find one of them, but the way they, they dial up pressure and play a combination of pressure and coverage to, to get a five man pass rush against a five man offensive line. And to get one of those guys to spring through like spring a leak, like for instance, how many free runs did we get on the quarterback last year that led to forced fumbles and big turnovers. And the part of that is because you can play such good man coverage on the back end and press and really, really disrupt the early timing in those pass patterns. And then the confusion you have in the pass protection up front to spring those free leaks and those free rushes on the quarterback. That's how you, get off the field on third down. That's how you generate takeaways and turnovers. And that's to me, the two most important aspects of playing football, taking the football away and, and getting off the field on third down. So I think their third down defense and creating takeaways. I don't know that anybody else does it better than the NFL than Miami. Yeah, the takeaways last year was so huge for them. I mean, you mentioned some of those wins against the uh, Los Angeles Rams, for example. I don't know if that happens if you don't have the defensive stands and the defensive turnovers that they had in that game. The defense really was their offense in many cases um, when it came to a game like that. Um, what's the one thing the Miami Dolphins, in your opinion, have to do better at? Uh, is there anything out there when you look at when you look at the tape or you look at anything and say, man, if they can fill that up, if they can if they can figure out how to solve that puzzle? Um, you know, that's it. At that point, they become not only playoff contenders, but Super Bowl contenders. Is there anything you look at and go, you know, I think that's probably where they could uh, they could focus a little further? I think the easy answer is the running game. And I would just go ahead and expand that and say early down success to put themselves in third and second and shorter. But I'm actually going to pivot off that and tell you it's goal line or goal to go situations because there were way mm. too many times last year where the Dolphins kicked either short field goals, turned it over on downs, or just did not execute down in that area. And there was instances where they would go three and out and then get a penalty and it would take them three more plays to get the one yard to punch it in. Like I'm thinking about, I think it was the Buffalo game. They had a failed fourth down to start the fourth quarter and it would have put them ahead. They wind up having like a drop pick by Kyle Van Noy on the next series. And then they, I mean, that whole game was a mess in the fourth quarter, but they were in a prime position to take the lead and they just couldn't convert with like, I think it was second and goal at the one. And they went bang, 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 failed three times in a row. You have to put those in the end zone. Those That four point swing, you get that four or five times a year, that can be the difference in, you know, one, two, three wins in the calendar on the schedule. So I think that converting, not just in the red zone, but when your goal to go, you have to get six points. I think that was just a bit of a shortfall for this team last year. Yeah, that 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 reared its ugly head against the Seahawks as well. Something that probably oh. put a dagger into your heart, being from the Pacific Northwest oh. originally. <laughs> and that was the same thing. We were kicking field goals and they were scoring touchdowns, and that was really the difference. And if we'd gotten just one, you know, f- four extra points as opposed to one, we probably are in that game, maybe even win that game. And uh, it and, was, the, and the last game you and I watched together in person, Seattle, twenty sixteen. How about that heartbreaker? This team kills us, man. Every four years. <laughs> yeah, that one was tough because 
I was having just an amazing weekend where I uh, was doing comedy all, all weekend long in Seattle with some friends. One of them is a Seattle Seahawks fan. Uh, a friend of ours was actually friends with uh, somebody on the coaching staff for the Miami Dolphins. So we got to hang out on the sidelines before the game. There was all kinds of fun stuff going on. And then um, disaster happened. But yeah. what are you going to do? That happens every now and then, right? You can't win them all. As Hootie said, sometimes the Dolphins make you cry. Um, that's 15 minutes with Travis Wingfield talking about the Miami Dolphins. We're going to take a quick little commercial break because that's what you do. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about podcasting, talk a little bit about just the general entertainment slash news media in general with Travis Wingfield. We'll be back right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at patchvibes.com. Check it out. Admit it, citizens of Perfectville, during this entire COVID-19 global pandemic, you have bought at least one thing from Amazon.com. Admit it. It's okay. We're all friends here. We all live in the same town of Perfectville. I've bought things from Amazon.com. The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to Amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact Amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. And we are back. Travis Wingfield from the Drive Time Podcast, Sam Marcoux from the Welcome to Perfectville Podcast, uh, both of us filling in for Chris Cullen, who is on no podcast because he's out having a good time with his family, watching his son dominate on the lacrosse field or no, not lacrosse, was he rugby? And that's what rugby he said. Yeah. Some random <laughs> sport that isn't football. I don't even know what that even looks like. Anyway, um, sitting here talking to Travis, we were talking about the Miami Dolphins. We we're talking about uh, just everything that they do right, maybe some things that they could do a little bit better. I didn't tell you what I thought they should do better and that's just win more games against the buffalo sure. bills but that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's all i want them to do just beat the damn bills that's the team i hate more than anybody else travis and they haven't done it in, in a couple of years so that's what i need them to do um but uh, travis and i became friends because we're both miami dolphins fan who actually started we both started talking to each other uh on online forums there was uh, all kinds of miami dolphins websites out there where teams could get or fans could get together and talk about their team from all over the country that's how travis ultimately uh and sam got together as well as chris cullen and then uh, it formed into eventually Travis writing and podcasting for the welcome to perfectville.com website and then having his own podcast and then obviously moving on to his other ventures before landing at the drive time podcast with the Miami Dolphins. As we talked about, the only guy in the building that says podcaster under his name, everybody else has a different title. He's the only one that says podcaster there, Travis. But uh, I know what my setup is. I know what I have to go through um, when I first started uh, podcasting. 
uh, to what I do now, where I actually have producers and sound engineers that help me out. And, you know, we have people that are selling ads on our behalf as opposed to doing all that myself. I know you've gone through that same process. Uh, you have a unique experience of building something from scratch and then also creating something with a machine behind you that can help you in that. You know, what's it like podcasting now for the Miami Dolphins versus when you started out and you were just, you know, turning on the microphone for the first time and trying to figure out sound levels and everything else. I mean, what, what is the process like then versus now for you? Yeah. I remember texting you back in the day, like, Hey, what's the proper equipment to use? And you would send me these articles and I was like, oh, I'm not interested in reading all that. I'm just going to go with the very baseline of what you can get. And sound quality was definitely jeopardized and all that fun stuff. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned right now, what's it like? It's the same because uh, back in December when the NFL was going through a lot of those, you know, a lot of teams were having outbreaks and it was difficult for a lot of teams to get through a regular week of practice and much less a game. And we wind up playing games on Tuesday and Wednesday and whatnot. And uh, after that, the NFL reared, or, you know, pulled the protocols back to where tier three employees, which is what I was, couldn't be in the building anymore. So I was back to working from home using my snowball microphone and my little garage band set up and doing it the old school way, man, producing the old show myself. But you mentioned, you know, having the machine and, you know, when I, I need an audio clip from a media, from a, a, a press conference that just email right over to me. Uh, the intro was made by a great PA we have on staff and it's, it's incredible to see the whole thing come together. Now I'm most excited about a month from now, two months from now, maybe training camp. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to happen, but when the new facility opens up in Miami gardens, Oh buddy, we have a podcast studio that is connected to a TV studio that's connected to a media room that overlooks the practice field. It is amazing. And it's basically going to be like my office because I record every day and, you know, the audibles once a week, fish tank kind of has their own studio. They do. And, and Seth and OJ do a phenomenal job, both with the content and the audio on that. Um, but the studio, man, it's, it's amazing. We're going to have like jib cameras and all that. I don't even know the term I'm using right now. I'm making up terms, but we're going to have all these things that capture the show in the way that, you know, I've kind of always had this vision for being on YouTube or being on video and yeah. having, you know, live, live uh, Q and a sessions, things like that. So I'm so excited, man. And, and, you know, you talk about learning the podcast, uh, fundamentals. I, I owe a lot of that to, uh, to David Locke from lockdown sports, because he, you know, like you mentioned, kind of having the machine behind you, it was it was similar in that they had the ad sales and they produced, you know, the revenue for us. And, um, you know, the play the hits was one of his favorite things to tell us. Always don't bury the lead. Talk about the number one story of the day off the top and always remind the listener who you are and your credentials. And that's why, like, I've gotten crap for this on Twitter before. Oh, he retweets the podcast four times a day. Like, yeah, I learned that from, you know, an expert who got me to be like a top 100 about podcasts and sport apple sports podcast for like two years running so i'll take the advice when it works but um yeah i mean it's, it's been a it's been a fun transition but it's it's funny to me that we're back here and i'm doing it the way i did you know four years ago yeah you know and and the people that are going to bitch about you you know retweeting it on twitter it's like yeah we're trying to get more people listening to this and people on twitter at different times and you know if you're off twitter for five minutes there's 1700 other <laughs> things that pop up of course i'm going to retweet it what are you talking about like that's that's the dumbest that is somebody who doesn't understand like how this shit works which is a lot of people i mean i started podcasting I mean, it's kind of funny I, I was wearing this uh it's about the last shirt that i've cleaned that my kid hasn't shit on or thrown up on before <laughs> my four day old uh but it's my predictably drunk podcast shirt which was the very first podcast that I started producing myself because I, I was doing 
stand-up comedy, still am. And I ended up being on a podcast for the first time. And uh, with all due respect to the two people that put me on that podcast, I was like, if these two guys can do it, I can certainly do it. And it wasn't a disrespect thing to them. It was just like, okay, cool. This is easy enough that, you know, an idiot like me can do it. Um, and it wasn't the greatest, but, you know, it was, it was kind of cool to like create the whole thing from scratch. Like, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to be formatted. This is what we're going to talk about. And then ultimately I, uh, I was, you know, obviously a huge Miami Dolphins fan. I couldn't find at that time a really good quality radio station podcast, anything out here on the West Coast that talked dedicated to the Miami Dolphins the way I like to listen to and watch the Miami Dolphins, as you know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat of a hardcore casual fan, if that makes sense. I'm going to yeah. watch the game. I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for it from the time they're on until the time that the game is done. And then I'm going to move on with my life usually. And that's how I talk about sports. And, uh, so Chris, you know, Chris Colin, the two-time hall of famer here on welcome to Perfectville. He, uh, he's kind of the same way. That's right. Two time. Uh, he's kind of the same way. So we just kind of gelled and it made sense. And then it was just kind of figuring out, I mean, Chris, I think had <laughs> his first microphone was a microphone from the, from the, um, What's the guitar hero? There was like a <laughs> bundle that you could get a microphone. And that's yeah. what he was using for like the first 10, 10 uh, podcasts. Like hanging over his neck and like yeah. just play it. From the- <laughs> he, at one point he had the cord and he had it hanging down. And it was like a boom mic, but just right above the camera. Right. And, and we were in a camp. We were in a, a visual podcast at that point. But that's how it was. And it was just like, dude, we got to get a better, we got to get a better setup for you. So then he did that and then he moved and then I moved and our internet wasn't working. And you just, all these troubles when you're trying to create a podcast from your house or wherever it is you happen to be. And then as you get bigger and you progress and, you know, people start taking notice of you and people start paying you to podcast, which is amazing because not only do I do this podcast, I, I think you know this, but other people don't. I do corporate podcasts. I do private podcasts for companies. I do, you know, YouTube tutorial videos for companies. I'm launching a new public facing uh, podcast has nothing to do with Miami Dolphins uh, next year, which has got a lot of financial and corporate backing behind it. This is what I do now. So it's kind of interesting to see where you guys were, uh, where you were and where I was and where Chris was and all these other people to where it is now. Plus technology, the way it is these days, like how do you sound bad on a podcast? It's, you got to try really hard to sound bad on a podcast <laughs> because it's just even people if you have middle of the road happens. <laughs> all the time, it's crazy to me. I'm like, are you trying to sabotage my show? What, are, what the hell are you doing? You know, but uh, <laughs> no, it's just kind of crazy to see how that goes from, like you said, and, and you pick up things along the way, you know, from locked on. And then obviously you learn things from the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I got to say though, so as you started talking to people in the industry, whether it be you know, other sports journalists or uh, actual players, but then jumping to the Miami Dolphins and having access to current players. And obviously, you know, any former player that you, you that that's still around that you could talk to. Uh, what was the one guy who's the first guy that you knew was going to be on your show that just you had to sit down and go, all right, I need a minute to kind of just holy crap. So and so is going to be on my show. What was that moment for you? Oh man, it's the first one that comes to mind and I would probably update it, you know, because this was back when I was kind of first starting off was Joe Shad from the Palm Beach Post. And it's, it's funny because I've been to Joe's house. We've had barbecues. I've sat down with his wife and daughter and had dinner with them. And we've gone out and gotten a drink. Like we are full on friends now. And this is a guy who I remember watching on ESPN. You know, he was the main college football guy for ESPN for a long time. And then he was formerly the best offense beat writer then came back. And I thought again, was the best offense beat writer. And then like he did my podcast, followed me on Twitter. And I was like screenshotting it on Facebook. being like, look at how cool this is, man. I'm, I've made it. Joe Shad follows me. And then I go and find out he follows like 20,000 people on Twitter. But uh, yeah, he did the podcast and it was, you know, just I, every time I had somebody on of, of, of that ilk, like Jeff Darlington one time was another one. I always would try to like, just say, Hey, like, you know, any advice you have to get into the industry and 
it's funny because now I find myself, you know, taking a lot of those same questions and there really isn't a good answer. And I always look back at those guys and I would, they'd be like, man, they were kind of like short with me. Why didn't they give me more to work with? But it's because there isn't one. It's, it's just kind of finding your own path and carving out that role and, and finding what you do best. Like you mentioned, uh, you and I talked earlier today before we came on the podcast about getting reps in, right? Like, yep. and that, that's so crucial. And that's why like my first several years, and even now I still do it. Like, you know, I do the, um, I do Twitter spaces sometimes with Antoine Staley and Jason Sarney and, and uh, Waldo from the regulars podcast. Like it helps, it helps to get asked questions to, to work on your cadence and um, all the radio shows I've done. Like I remember the first time I did uh, radio in South Florida, I was sweating bullets. My heart was racing. I, I always make sure I walk, I pace the, the apartment or the house when I'm on those calls. And now here I am like, you know, just kicking back like the dude on the couch with you. But um, it's just getting all those reps in and stuff, man, has been a big, a, a big, big help and, and never saying no. So uh, to be able to get guys like Shad and Darlington and then now it's turned into like Peter Schrager, who is obviously just a, you know, a rock star. We're going to have um, this is maybe a little bit confidential, but it's going to come out next week. So no big deal. Charles Davis will be on the podcast. Colleen Wolf will be on the podcast. Like we're just knocking out all these heavy hitters. And I get way more nervous for those interviews than any player, man. Cause like the player, like he's in my realm, right? This is my yeah. Avenue. This is where I work and you're on the football field. That's your Avenue. But when you interview a media person, they know where you're fucking up and they know <laughs> what, what you're supposed to be doing. So you try to be as best you can though. So um, those are the big ones. And then I, again, I mentioned coach Flores. I mean, I was so nervous to talk to him because I just want him to respect me. It's like my, my biggest goal here is to have coach Flores respect me. And also like, just know that I'm a champion of the team and, and the message and all the organization, all that stuff. So I was so nervous for that. And we had to like, make sure the questions were asked properly, because again, this is a you know a team podcast and we're trying to put out a certain message. And I just wanted to make sure that I didn't talk too fast or stumble or word a question the wrong way. Like a, a good example was uh, we had a question about, um, about his, his, uh, what he does does in his time off with his family. And we talked about, I was like, Hey coach, do you, do you do any cooking in the kitchen or is that all for your wife? And like the way it came off was horrible, right? Like it sounded horrible. So I went back and edited it to fix it. But like, I just was so worried about making that mistake. Luckily he didn't, he didn't take offense to anything, but yeah, man, it's, it's been a long journey. And it just, I, I would say Joe Shad, it was like 2017 when I first started doing lockdown, he came on and I was like, just I, again, tweeting it, Facebooking it, Instagram. I was so blown away that someone of that level would do my stupid little podcast. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, I like for me, it was Jim Florentine. So even talking to He's players, same thing. I didn't, I didn't necessarily. It's not that I don't care. I love talking to players because they just did something that I've never been able to do. Uh, but when you're, when you're talking to people who also speak into a microphone professionally and then actually do the same thing that you do in terms of stand-up comedy, but do it better and on a bigger scale, <laughs> um, it's really weird to sit there and talk about comedy with somebody who, like you, to me, I'm like, he, he knows I'm full of shit. He knows I'm no yeah, good. Exactly. I know I've been doing Foster this for years. Yeah. And then exactly right. And then, you know, then you're sitting in a, in a green room with like Louis CK, right. And you're just sitting there <laughs> talking about comedy and he's making notes for your set. And you're just like, this is insane. Like this, I don't belong here. Like this is a big elaborate prank prank somebody's going to pull off the lewis ck mask <laughs> and reveal themselves as like some sort of hidden camera thing but you'd mentioned brian flores um you said off the air that uh there was kind of like an awkward moment in the hallway with you and coach flores uh, tell everybody about that yeah so uh when you're at the i was at the building last year and davy so i do i spent time at davy in the stadium and uh, obviously next year will be full-time in miami gardens i'm very pumped for that but you bump into guys here and there you know i, I bump into kyle van noy a lot for some reason like he was a guy that i was always running into ran into fitzpatrick and tua in the kitchen a couple of times like that was really fun got, i always got jokes off of the fitzpatrick but 
Coach Flores, I saw him a few times, you know, around the building. But there was this one time where I was in my podcast studio on the back of campus because everything was moved around from COVID this year. Like they had to put massage tables in what was formerly the media room where all the journalists would work after practice, but they couldn't come. So that was open space. And, you know, they put the weight rooms in the bubble and just everything's all spread out. And so they have massage rooms right next to the podcast studio. So on player days off on Tuesday, I would, you know, be able to do my podcast. We always had, uh, that was assistant coaches and coordinators would, would do media that day. So it was a long day of recording audio and asking questions and getting content for the podcast. And then I would come out of there and you had to, you had to exit through the massage room to go back to the main campus to get lunch where the cafeteria was. And so I'd always walk through and, you know, my trace, you have a contract contact tracer beeping when you're going through people like getting massages, like who is this guy waking us up or, you know, interrupting our massages. Is that and the masseuse? Time, who is he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he should be right. It's like no, they're they're women that do a phenomenal job, and they're what keep me away from that. But uh, there was there was one time where uh, you know I worked back in that area with two guys that do video, uh, Trey and Josh, two of my my best buddies in the team on the organization, and they were like, "Hey man, just so you know, coach is getting a massage right now, so don't go out there." And uh, they he he finished the massage, and then he walked out, and I was done waiting to go out, and so I walked out and gave myself plenty of space, and coach was like on his phone. And he was slowly walking back to the campus and kind of looking down. And it was one of those things. And you told a story one time, Sam, about the 2016 or 2016 Dolphins and Steelers game when Ben Roethlisberger and like Andre Branch were both trying to like get through a space together. And they, it was like they were trying to go through a crowded like a, yeah, a door they're, they're both, they're, They were talking to the ref and, and it was on the fumble. And they were both trying to get into like two kids trying to like, no, it's my piece of candy. It's my piece of candy. And they were shoulder to shoulder. And it was so awkward. So that was like me trying to like pace, like trying to just hang back and act like I'm on my phone too. Or like do the like whole look around like, Oh yeah. Or like maybe the super bad where he walks by and is like, bye. I don't know what to do. So I just like, I'm like, all right, I got to talk to him. Cause this is going to be awkward if I don't. So I like caught up to him. I was like, Hey coach. And it was right after the Arizona win, a huge win, you know, come back the court, the rookie quarterback looks like the future. And I was just pumped up. I'm like, Hey coach, you know, congrats on the winning streak. It's been fun to watch it all come together. And he just tells me, thank you. Uh, we got a long way to go. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. I know you got a long way to go and I'm going to keep on, you know, making sure that I relay the message and I'm going to, you know, we're going to, I just can't wait to see where this goes. And he's just like, yep, we've got a long way to go. And he's just like, basically get away from me. Get like, away from me. This is, this is my, this is like five minutes I have where I'm not in the playbook watching film or, you know, coaching players. And here's freaking the, the podcaster. Like you say, the guy that has the main tag, it just says podcaster coming by and, and telling me how great I, this team is when I'm trying to do the opposite and make them, you know, stay humble and hungry. So yeah, man, lots of stuff like that that goes on. But, uh, uh, the, the, the Ben Roethlisberger, Andre Branch uh, working through the door. That's what that reminds me of every time. And your story was great about that. Yeah. The, I mean, I was just going to say, man, the, the man just got a massage. He's obviously tense and he's finally loose. And then you're in there in his face telling him that he's got to win more games. He's like, I have to turn back around and get another <laughs> massage. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Wingfield, is it? Yes. I will remember who you are. You want me to respect you. I see Tommy. We'll get you. We'll get you on the flip side there. Tommy. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. So I, look, that was another 15 minutes. It's like, uh, it's like riding an old horse here. I, I don't even know if that's a phrase, but, uh, let's just say it is, uh, Travis Wingfield just spent 30 minutes here on welcome to perfect bill coming back to the old stomping grounds, joining us here, filling in for Christopher Cullen, uh, the good doctor himself, uh, Travis, uh, other than the drive time podcast, you're obviously doing all kinds of fun stuff for the Miami dolphins. Is there anything else going on? Anything else you can let us know that you're working on working with, uh, about to talk to on your show uh, shout yourself out let everybody know where they can find you if they don't already know yeah so I'm, I'm sure a lot of the fans have noticed i'm not writing as much these days we've been focusing more on the audio and video elements of of you know media 
And uh, so doing plenty of that, I think we have some some plans in the future, like I mentioned, for some video content. We had the training camp show last year. I'm really hoping to expand that this year. So that'll be fun. I mentioned Charles Davis, Colleen Wolf. Uh, we've got Henry Hodgson on the podcast from uh, he's uh, NFL International Player Pathway Program, big in the UK. He's He was a great interview. We had Rashad Butler on earlier this week. Um, just all kinds of big guests we've had on the podcast. Um, I, you know, I'll, I've got the rookie scouting portfolios up on the website as well. I'll probably do some more, you know, in-depth writing this summer, but not too crazy drive time. Like you mentioned doing, uh, live shows like the draft party and things like that. And then of course on Twitter, my phenomenal handle, that was my just, you know, let's get a handle that everyone knows can find and can find at Wingfield NFL probably should change it, but it is what it is now. So that's where you can find me, Miami dolphins.com drive time podcast and at Wingfield NFL. It's the most, uh, appropriate one. Uh, you, you work for an NFL team and your last name's Wingfield at the time when you put it up there, I would have been like, maybe you want to yeah. change that. But now you kind of <laughs> like walk that into existence. So no, I think you keep it. Um, okay. A couple things before I let you go. Number one, you mentioned writing. So one of the big pieces you wrote for welcome to Perfectville way back in the day, way back in the day was making a franchise quarterback. I think is what it was titled or something along those lines. And it was, uh, a play on making a murderer the, uh, the very big netflix uh, series and uh, we had spliced ryan Tannehill at the times face onto that graphic it got big big numbers uh not only for our for our website but just in general and every now and then it still gets pinged because i own the website so every now and then when it gets pinged on another website it'll let me know and I, i'm always curious when i click on it and it's so funny that now where you see it getting pinged are by Titan fans uh, yeah. <laughs> everywhere who found that piece and know who you are because of who you are now and go, look, look what Travis wrote all those years ago about Ryan Tannehill. So now they're using that uh, as evidence that Ryan Tannehill can be a franchise quarterback, even though that was written at the time when he was on the Miami Dolphins. That, that actually happened the other day, like three days ago, it got pinged or maybe not three days, maybe like a week ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably another Titans thing. And I click it and it was like, tighten up. And there it was. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> It will not what's, die. What's, what's really funny about that is that's probably like my fourth, like biggest deep dive on Ryan Tannehill. Like I've done so many Ryan Tannehill, the book on Ryan Tannehill, you know, charting every single throw of his career and telling you why he's not the problem in Miami. And then what's what the funniest part about that whole thing was Sam. And, you know, uh, two things here real quick. So you and, and Chris or you and uh, Chris talked about that. You talked about that podcast you do with Chris where, um, you kind of created the space for for you guys that was unique in the space of a podcast. I yeah. remember sitting in my car listening to Perfect Bill on the case for Ryan Tannehill podcast, and I was arguing with you guys on the on when I was listening to it. Like, no, 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 th this is what you should be saying. This is what this is where he's you know good and all these things. And that was why I was like, I can do I can do podcasting too. I'm going to do the podcasting. But um, I did I did multiple long forms on Ryan Tannehill, and I always say like he kind of like he kind of got my career on on notice and and put me in the spotlight. But um. I lost my train of thought there, but something about Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, that's what we should end on. Uh, the case for Ryan Tannehill. You can probably find it on welcometoperfectville.com. It's out there somewhere. Uh, Travis, what it was, else you want to say? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what it was was I wrote all those positive pieces about him, and then when he got traded, I said, like, the Ryan Tannehill era is over, where it went wrong. And on the CBS broadcast the morning of their first playoff game with the Titans, they flashed that graphic across the screen like I was the one that buried Ryan Tannehill after all these years of being his biggest champion. It was the perfect symmetry to his Dolphins career. I remember uh, locally they they did this uh, this crazy like bull run like they do in Spain, 
but they did it here locally in Northern California at like a county fairgrounds. And I just happened to have my camera up and uh, it was actually completely safe, except one guy fell. He like tripped and fell. The bull didn't hit him, but he tripped and fell. And then bulls are running. So they ended up running and like trampling him at that point. Right. But they didn't knock him down. They didn't gore him. They were just running because that's what bulls do. And I happened to catch the whole thing. And I was like, wow. And I put it on my social media and all the local news things took it edited out the first part where he fell and then just showed the bulls running and trampling on him. And then it was all over the news across the country about this crazy event where bulls are killing people and the guy didn't die. But I was like, that's my footage. That's my footage. And they actually never credited me. And I was like, I have the original footage. And I was like on, I remember filming myself with my phone next to the news broadcast that's going on like CBS evening news across the country. And I'm like, this is my footage. And they don't have my name on it. And I was just livid. I was absolutely. Watermark that. That's me. I had that guy fall down, but they cut that part out to make it look like the bull just, you know, murdered the guy. So I get it. That's funny, man. I've, I've gotten angry multiple times online about people, you know, not crediting on, on Twitter and stuff like there's a retweet Uh, button. Use the retweet button. (laughs) What do you got to do, man? Like, honestly, as a creator, you know, you just kind of have to shrug it off and then just create something else. That that's, that's the answer after a while. Yeah, you kind of get used right. to it. I mean, you know, it's just it's just the way it goes. So what are you going to do? But uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to edit this, put it out and then have ourselves a very fun, fantastical, special guest host back in the you know saddle again. Travis Wingfield from the Drive Time podcast. Uh, Travis, anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, man. Thanks for having me back on the old horse, as the saying goes. Well, uh, on behalf of Chris Cullen, the entire Believe Podcast Network, Travis Wingfield and the Drive Time Podcast Network, the only thing left to say, and you know what you need to do, Travis, is goodbye from Perfectville. I'm Perfectville. You're supposed to say later. You say late. Chris says later. You're filling in for Chris. You say later. Okay, run it back. All right. Now I got to edit this whole thing out. All right. On behalf of Sam Marku, Chris Cullen, the entire Believe Podcast Network, Travis Wingfield, from the Drive Time Podcast, only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. <laughs> I'm leaving that whole thing in. You know that. <laughs> Welcome to Perfectville is now part of the Believe Podcast Network and is presented by Bet Online. Perfectville is written and co-hosted by Chris Cullen and Sam Marcoux, edited by Sam Marcoux, created by Chris Cullen and Sam Marcoux, and made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.